So during the worship, I felt, um, very similar to Tim actually, felt God wanted to say to us, to many of us probably here, you felt God was saying this, you know how to function in crisis, you know how to function in lack, you know how to function when hope is deferred, I'm preparing you for stewarding fruitfulness. And I want to say there's a different mindset in stewarding crisis, and there's a different mindset in stewarding hope deferred, there's another mindset required for stewarding fruitfulness. Reminded this week of a story, I was, um, I think I was 15 and I was playing, uh, the the, the goalkeeper for this men's football team was injured and they rang me up, I think they just needed anybody, if any of you have ever played Saturday football, a lot of times they're just happy to have 11 players, alright, so quite often these teams would play with 9 men, so they were happy to, I was rung to play and uh, playing goal. And I had what can only be described as the greatest first half of my whole footballing career. <laughs> it seemed to be that nothing could get past me, and uh, I was like a cat between the sticks, um, basically saving everything. I think I've probably saved 11 shots in that first half. And I really enjoyed the first half. And then someone said to me, you had a blinding first half, and they said something about the other goalkeeper not being able to get his place back. And it was very interesting. In my mind, it's like a, like a, a switch clicked for, oh, oh no, oh no, I'm going to mess it up. Oh no, I had such a good half, can I keep that up? And interesting, I let three goals in in the second half, which were easy to save. And I think it was actually, there was a mindset that had come in at half-time, which actually I probably needed a different technique in my mind to be able to get the performance of the first half into the second half. So I just do believe that God has said to this church on many occasions, prophetically, that this church is not to consider itself like uh, a dwarf that has, as it were, reached its full potential, but to see itself like a child, a boy, full of capacity to grow. Um, other times, in years and years ago, you have prophetic words like a, this church like a fruitful vine that's to go over the wall. Blurred boundaries. Just believe God, in this season, in this season has been talking a lot about fruitfulness. And if you notice the cards in front of you, talk about 40 people coming to know Jesus. That would be a radical new season for us as a church. If over the next three years we saw 40 people come to know the love, the forgiveness and the goodness of God. Um, they're all new season things. I just believe there's a different mindset in stewarding a new season. There's a different mindset that, that, that God is calling us to. And I just believe that something happens in the presence of God that enables us to grow up into what God has called us to be. There's something that happens in valuing the presence that actually is the key to being able to go into the mindset of actually we're expecting fruitfulness, we're expecting expansion, we're expecting the sick to get healed in increasing numbers, we're expecting people to become Christians and come to know Jesus, we're expecting our community to be Change. There's something in, happens in the presence of God that changes our mindset. So I want to read you a verse in, that's in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and um, in verse 17, where Paul talks about what happens in the presence of God, what happens in the new deal that Jesus has brought us into. And in the verses previous to that, Paul contrasts 
the old deal, the old arrangement, the old covenant that Moses brought down, which were the Ten Commandments, and says, though the Ten Commandments had glory and beauty, it was a fading beauty, and it was a limited beauty when you compare it to what Jesus has established in the new covenant. And so, he says that now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And these verses, what we're going to unpack is, this is what's happening in the presence. What's happening in the presence in the moments of contemplating the perfection and the beauty and the weight of God, something's happening in the presence that is enabling people to be transformed from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. And do you believe that's part of what we're to be expecting in the days to come? That actually, corporately and individually, we should be expecting, I'm going from glory to glory. I'm going from transformation to transformation. I'm becoming more and more like Jesus. This community, this church, is going to do the things that Jesus did because we're being transformed into his image um, by the Holy Spirit. Imagine, I want to ask you, imagine this. Imagine if a baby determined its future by looking at its past. And imagine a baby who said, well... I've never walked before, so I don't have the gift of walking. <laughs> Imagine a baby in his, in his pram, just born, a few months old. Never walked before, don't have the gift of walking. <laughs> Another baby says, I tried talking, and it came out like this. And no one understood me, so I don't have the gift of speaking, so I'm not going to speak anymore. No, a baby doesn't determine its future by its past or its present ability. It determines it by looking at mum and dad. That's really how a baby determines. So if you look at a baby, that all they do is stare and something's going on. They're looking at the world around them. They're looking at you holding a knife and fork. I'm going to hold a knife and fork one day. They look at you running and walking. I'm going to do that one day. They they hear you speak. I'm going to do that one day. And sometimes they get frustrated because inside they know that's their destiny. But at the moment it's locked up in a a body that isn't yet able to do all that they're wanting to do. And these verses say, We all who with unveiled faces, in other words... There's no veil anymore. You know, when Moses came down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments, his face was glorious and glowing. He'd spoken like he was a man speaking face to face with God. He had to put a veil on his face. And now that veil is gone so that all of us can behold his glory. We all can behold his perfection. We all can look at his face. And as we're looking at him, we're being transformed from one degree of glory one degree of perfection, one degree of beauty to another degree of beauty so that we're being transformed into his image. We're like the babies. And in his presence, we're looking at Jesus. 
We're looking at Jesus and we're looking at Acts 10.38 that says, Jesus went around doing good and healing everyone who was oppressed of the enemy. And we look at Jesus and we look at Jesus going here and we look at Jesus going there and we look at Jesus and say, that's what I'm meant to do. That's what I'm meant to be. We're meant to turn communities upside down because when I look at my dad and I see what he's like, I see what I'm meant to be becoming. Jesus says in his prayer in John 17, he says, the glory, the weight, the perfection that I had, I'm given to them. And so we're being transformed to be more and more and more and more like Jesus. Let me say that to be in a transition from merely surviving and crisis management and hope deferred management to stewarding fruitfulness, both corporately and individually, you have to say it is now illegal to judge my future by my present experience or my past experience. It's actually illegal, right? And so we have to say, okay, this church has been around since 1986 and probably it's unprecedented to see 40 people come to know Jesus in a period of time. And, but he is saying it again and again and again, I want to save people. And so we have to say, when I look at him and I see what he's like, I see that he is the saviour. I see he is the God of the breakthrough. I see that he is the God of the impossible. And so when I look at him, I have to say, I won't judge my expectations by what my past says or what my present experience is. I'm going to be judging it by him, by looking at him. And in his presence, we behold him. So we start with him. We start actually, so when a baby's born, it's born with DNA that is basically a nature that is taking it to being like mum and dad. It's going to go from babbling to speaking. It's going to go from in the pram to playing with toys and rolling over and crawling. It's going to go from crawling to walking. It's going to go from crawling, walking to running. It's going to go to school. And it's going to one day trust God, get married, have a family, gonna do whatever God's got for that baby, that person, yeah? It's built in there. So it starts with a new DNA. When we are born again, we start with a brand new supernatural DNA. The old is gone, the new has come. I've been crucified with Christ, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So we start off with glory. We don't start off as people who were just one day confronted with a list of requirements that then we decided to double our efforts to keep. We are those who are apprehended by God and caused to be born again of the Spirit to have a brand new DNA that actually is being shaped and formed to become more like Jesus Christ. That's what God is about in our lives. Heard a great story. Um, a guy had a big block of concrete and, or a block of stone, and the guy said, "What are you going to carve out of this stone?" And the guy said, "I'm going to be carving an elephant." And and and, and this man said, "How are you going to carve an elephant out of that? It doesn't look anything like an elephant." And the man says, "I'm going to chip off everything that doesn't look like an elephant." 
And that's what God is doing in our lives. By his gracious initiative, he's saying, I'm, I'm carving you to become like Jesus Christ. I'm changing you from glory to glory in my presence. I'm going to chip off graciously and with kindness everything that doesn't look like my son. So transformation, how does it happen? Transformation happens by looking thoughtfully a long time at Jesus. In other words, something happens in the presence of God. Something happens in the presence of God. Because he says we're going from one degree of glory to, into, we are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This process is not through what some people phrase behaviour modification, which is another way of saying, I'm just going to grip my teeth and put a lid on everything that doesn't look like Jesus, and I'm going to try really, really hard. And I'm going to have white knuckles and gritted teeth, because I am going to behave like Jesus. I will be transformed from one degree of glory to another. Even if it kills me, I'm changing. <laughs> Anybody ever tried it with gritted teeth, determination? Yeah? <laughs> and then you get tired, or hungry, or something goes wrong, you go, and it's all in there all along. Oh, stuff it all down again, here we go again. No, actually, there's something that happens by, Paul is saying, by thoughtfully contemplating and looking at Jesus. There's something that happens by the work of the Holy Spirit as you read the Bible and it comes alive in your heart. The Holy Spirit is bringing it alive. It's, it's a living book. It's living and active and it's speaking to you and it's changing you and it's producing hope in you. Something's happening by the Spirit as you read the Bible with the Holy Spirit. Something happens in worship as you sing and rejoice and, and thank God. Something happens in what Tim was talking about earlier on, those moments of choice when you're confronted with the Bible and you choose, uh, I choose to rejoice today. I choose to line myself up with your reality. Something is happening in encounters with God. Something happens in his presence. Something happens when we behold the standard, that's Jesus. He is the standard. If you want to know what your ministry is, your calling is, this is it. Your calling in God is to go from glory to glory to glory to glory to look more and more like Jesus and do the things that Jesus did when he was on earth. That's our calling, to go from glory to glory. Not to go from dirty to a little less dirty, scummy to a little less... That's, no, no, you start with glory. Jesus says... John 17, the glory that I had, I've given to them. The beauty that I had, I've given to them. In Christ, I'm a, you're a new creation. The old things have gone, the new things have come. The old thing was, you are, you're dirty. As before you came to Jesus, there was stuff that needed to be cleaned up. There was a work that needed to happen. You were not holy. You needed 
the work of regeneration. You needed to be born again from above. You needed God to do a supernatural work in your heart. And that happened in the moment where the Holy Spirit revealed the Son to you, caused you to look upon Jesus, caused your heart to to realise he really did die for me, as me. He really did pay the penalty for me. And there was a moment, maybe it was a flash in the heart, you became born again. Maybe it was a prayer that you prayed. Maybe it was a meeting you responded to God to. Maybe it was a hand that you put up in the air. However that happened, it was a work of the Spirit. You became new. You got a brand new DNA. A brand new heart. And you became a new creature. You became glorious. You got glory. (laughs) And now you're going from glory to glory. And we're being transformed to think like God thinks. I'm not saying that we become equal to God. Because we're not going to become sovereign like God is sovereign. And we're not going to become all-knowing as God is all-knowing. He is always God. But we are becoming like him. We're being transformed to think like him. Ephesians 4.23 says, Be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. We're being changed to think like God, act like God, value what God values, love what God loves, do what God did. These are the signs that will follow those who believe. You'll, you'll raise the dead. You'll heal the sick, you'll open deaf ears, you'll open blind eyes, you'll cleanse the leper, you'll set the captives free. Why? Because that's what dad does. And so when we're laying in the cot, as it were, maybe we're newborn, we're looking at him and we're looking at his power and his authority over sickness and things that take people captive and hold them prisoner. We see Jesus going from place to place to place, healing the sick, raising the dead, speaking life, Bringing transformation. We look at Jesus and go, gah, 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 gah. Want, in other words, we're a baby looking at him that's what I'm becoming. That's what I'm called to become. We look at the sun and say, wow, I'm going from one degree of glory to another. I'm being changed into his image. What's his image? He meets someone captured in sin at the well, turns her life around and she becomes an evangelist to her village. We see grace and mercy and power and transformation. We see the dead raised. We see the sick healed. We see the deaf here, the blind see. We see hope released. And then we see that same Holy Spirit who came upon Jesus falling upon the early church those early believers in Acts 1.8 and then we see shadows healing. Then we see Samaria turned upside down so all their precious occultic scrolls are being burnt. We see Ephesus transformed by what? A few believers who got baptised. Paul stays there. The city gets turned upside down. There's riots. The economy has changed. People are getting saved all over the place. We see them do what they had seen Jesus do. Ordinary people. 
People like you and people like me. People like Peter who shook and denied Jesus when a slave girl asked him a couple of questions is emboldened by the Spirit and speaks boldly on the day of Pentecost and thousands get added to the church. It's a new season. In fact, it's not a new season. It's always been there since Pentecost. It's just we're waking up. We're like the dead who've suddenly realised, oh, we're responsible for our community. The Spirit has come on us. Someone said the Holy Spirit is Jesus without bones. It's the same. He's God. I think if Jesus stood there and said, right, got a plan for SC18, we're going to take it. Yeah. Holy Spirit stands there, comes upon us and says, you're going you're to change. You're going to change a community. You're going to change streets. You're going to change an atmosphere. You're going to change an environment. And there's no sell-by date on the visions of God, yeah? It's not like the stuff we see in Tesco's that's being chucked out tomorrow as they sell at half price, got a sell-by date. Eat it today, otherwise it's in the bin tomorrow. The things that God speaks don't have a sell-by date. So we can run hard and fast and pass the baton to the next generation and say, be transformed from glory to glory into his image, do the things that Jesus did. And they're going to run faster and harder and do more. So we play our part in our moment. And so, as we behold him, as we look at him, we're transformed to be like him, and we begin to reflect him wherever we go. So we're we're beholding Jesus, we're seeing what he's like, like a baby in a pram, saying what you do, Jesus, is what I'm going to do. And as we behold him, we get changed to be more and more like him, and then we begin to reflect fruit of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit like words of knowledge and prophecy and words of wisdom and healing the sick prophecy all those things are you and me leaking glory wherever we go okay so we're going from one degree of glory to another degree of glory we're beholding him we're being transformed to being like him next thing you know we begin to leak glory wherever we go we begin to leak glory wherever we go. Now we're carrying something. So somebody at work needs a breakthrough. Somebody suddenly says, I've got a word of knowledge for you. This is how you're going to get your breakthrough and get healed. Don't drink milk for two weeks. The guy doesn't drink milk for two weeks. He's healed. It's a story from in this church. What's happened? I've beheld, someone's beheld the glory, going from glory to glory. And then it's leaking. Oh, a word of knowledge that's bringing a breakthrough to... A non-believer. See, you don't know you carry something until you risk releasing it. Yeah? You could be full of all the gifts. And I do believe, actually, we can lay hold of all the gifts. Whenever we need them, we can get... Go and talk about I need a prophetic word. I need a word of knowledge. I need a word of wisdom. I need a healing gift now. But you don't know you've got them... (laughs) Until you risk releasing them and using them. It's in risk that you find out that you carry something. It's in that moment where you get prompted and you go with the prompt and you do something. And that's really how a baby gets from 
no mobility at all to, oh no, I'm feeling like I could spin from my back to my belly. Just got a feeling coming on. And next thing they're spinning, next thing you know they're crawling. And actually that started with an instinct. Seen mum and dad walk, seen them run, that's where I'm going. Whoa. Next thing you know there's a risk, got to lift myself up and stand. And start to walk. And crawl. And run. So we can say, I haven't raised the dead yet. But father raises the dead. I'm going to raise the dead. I haven't healed the sick yet at work, but that's the sort of thing Jesus did all the time. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I haven't prophesied destiny and life yet out there, but I will because Jesus did all his big stuff out there in the community, out there in the world, out there in the marketplace. And so we look at him. And let me just say this as well. So we're growing up. And becoming like Jesus. And in Matthew 18, God, Jesus says, become like a child to inherit. <laughs> so we're growing up and we need to become a child, Matthew 18 says, alright? So we're growing up, we're going from glory to glory, into his image. We're growing up, we're growing up into maturity. And then we need to grow up and become like a child. Because children never lose their excitement. Children never lose their sense of wonder. Children never lose the sense of experimentation and exploring. We must grow up and become like a child. Having a go. Taking a step. Everybody celebrates those moments. You've got kids, those first steps. It can be three <coughs> faltering steps and the kid tumbles over. Let's, let's make it a little bit more distant. You stand there and call. Oh, four steps before you fell. You know, I felt, I felt cruel actually when Fleur was walking, holding the video camera, and just kind of thinking, I'm going to make a documentary, I'm just going to keep it distant. You do it. And she falls, I don't help her. You get up again, go again. I've got to get this on camera, get this filmed. Bless her, I was looking after her, put so many clothes on her. She looked like the Michelin. She had like, <laughs> we were outside, she had so many jumpers on. It's like a little ball learning to walk. Good footage. We all celebrate. The child doesn't get discouraged when it falls over. Why? Because it's convinced that its calling is to walk. And so it falls over and gets up. You don't find it going, oh, I don't think I'll ever walk, will I? I fell over three times today. It's not happening, is it? <laughs> It's not going to happen for me, is it? I'm a bit depressed about it. I tried and I failed. I'm not trying again. And it's convinced that it will, so it doesn't give up trying. See, we've got to be like children. Jesus says, these are the signs that will follow those who believe. Well, it isn't following me yet. It isn't fo- well, it's not going to happen, is it? Because I've tried and I fell over and I'm discouraged and I'm not going to do that anymore. No, we look at him and we're transformed into his image. I prophesied and the person didn't, didn't feel anything. I think it was cheese. 
I don't think there was anything of God in it. It didn't seem to comfort or encourage or do anything. I won't do that again. Don't have that gift. I, I tried a word of knowledge and no one had it. Oh, I won't try that again. Or I prayed for someone who was sick and nothing happened. So I obviously don't have that, do I? No. Be, grow up and become like a child. And so he does it. I'm being transformed into his image. I'm going to go again and again and again and again and again and again and again until I see breakthrough and the sick more regularly healed or prophecy that ignites life and comfort and encouragement and hope. I'm just going to go again and again and again. I think God loves that. See, I think we talk a lot at the moment about treasure hunting, which we're doing um, bi-monthly on a Saturday, which is going out there, getting some words of knowledge about people and places and sicknesses, trying to hear God, and then going out and looking for treasure, the people who correspond to the clues. And when we did that with North Kent Community Church, Alan said on the Friday night, he said, I think it's going to rain tomorrow, and if it rains, we won't go out. I was praying for rain. (laughs) I was singing, let it rain, let it rain, open up the heavens once again. And, 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 and Tim and I put it, we had planned it. And I was praying, let it rain, God, let it rain. Woo, we'll go again another day. And then we woke up, it was the most beautiful morning. And uh, we all came in and we went out and God did some great things. I don't think God minded. Jamie's nervous prayer for rain. We just thought, that's, a, that's what babies do. <laughs> babies do that. Don't worry, I'm not worried about that. I think he looked and thought, that he's having a go at walking. He's having a go at talking. He's having a go at crawling. <laughs> he's having a go. He's seen, they've seen, we've seen what Jesus is like and we're thinking we want to be like Jesus we want to do what Jesus does we want to be like our big brother Jesus we want to be like the father we, we, want, to, we want to do what he does Holy Spirit is cheering up. I want you to do what he does and I'm going to come in you and empower you to do it keep going so if you pray for the sick and nothing happened get up go again Prophesied once and it felt like, oh, nothing happened. Prophesy again. Had a word of knowledge. Maybe nothing happened. Go again. Don't dial down on it. Go and get it again. Go and get it again. Go and do it again. We mustn't live in fear that because we fell over in the process, that somehow he has now withdrawn his heart and his affection from us. It says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's freedom. There's freedom. When kids get it right, we all interact, don't we? Well, ah, well done. When they get it wrong, we all interact, don't we? <laughs> we say something. We maybe point out a lesson here. We point out a growth opportunity here. <laughs> We don't withdraw, whether they've done brilliantly or failed abysmally, we're there for both. God's like that with us, whether it's we've had a great breakthrough and success and, and something's happened. 
We, we felt prompted to step out and we felt, oh God, I've got something for the person at the bus stop. We step out and there's a great breakthrough for that person or we stepped out and the person said, not interested. God loves both. He loves both. So, we need to relax with Holy Spirit. Just need to relax with Him. We need to relax with Him. He's not uptight if we don't get it. He's been doing this for thousands of years, working with people like you and me, who don't get it very fast sometimes. And He just is so patient and so loving and so... He doesn't give up. He just comes to us again and he celebrates progress. He celebrates progress. So that's why like on these cards we're saying, yeah, we want to see 150 breakthroughs as we go. We say, okay, we're going to be quite loose about what does that mean because God celebrates progress. Progress for us is, is just sharing something of God's love out there, whether it's God bless you to a stranger. It's, it's progress when at work we just ask God for a solution and he gives us a solution. It's not just, we're not just going to measure the moments where we pray for the sick here, there and they got healed, but progress is crossing the line where we're at. And breakthroughs as we gather. But the main thing is, he looks at us and says, I celebrate your progress. I celebrate your progress. I celebrate that you look so much more like Jesus this year than you did last year. I celebrate that. I celebrate, he says, when your reaction is more patient than it was. Oh yeah, it wasn't perfect, but I'm not, I'm not celebrating perfection. I'm celebrating glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. Here's the standard Jesus. I've started a good work in you and I will bring it to completion. I will. I will. Romans 8 talks about the same thing. Let me ask you to stand.